Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Joining us now to talk about what's coming up on our big and small screens this week and to go through as well what we know so far about awards season, we've let's take stock of ourselves now. Uh, Gronya Humphreys, Festival Director at the Dublin International Film Festival and Brian Lloyd, Movies Editor at... Brian Lloyd, movies editor and entertainment, not not here yet. Okay, Grania, how are you? Bed in, we're going to have a good old chat here, Grania. So, talk to me about about award season. We're we're fairly high on our own supply now. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, what the difference a week makes. I mean, I'm delighted because I think it just shows the range and diversity of talent that we have. So we've got, you know, we've got editing talent. We've got uh, special effects. So we've the editor of Elvis. Elvis, uh, Editor of Elvis. We have the uh, started out working with you too I believe and met Baz Luhrmann through that kind of didn't know who Baz Luhrmann was that's the way to do it yeah get in there Um, and then Richie Bannon obviously with with Avatar um, who's who's been in this position before and then as I said you have these wonderful two examples of Banshees of Inishirin which is you know a leading leading contender for the big big categories that everybody kind of like shouts about the the competitions Um, and then you actually have Hey, hey, and you have Here's uh, Brian Lloyd now. You've yeah. Colin Kewen, which you know, from from my mind, I was lucky enough to to present it as the opening night of our film festival last year. So this feels like a long time ago, but what an amazing journey for one of the most beautiful films mm. and a film that even your your previous panelists were just talking about the emotion that it comes that comes with it in that final sequence oh. and the performances. Yeah. I mean, Carrie Crowley, Catherine Andrew Bennett. Andrew Bennett was a secret weapon in yeah. that film. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. I think though, Carrie Crowley, if Meryl Streep had given that kind of performance oh, yeah. of of repressed, still sadness and everything else I think they'd be saying career best from Merle it's, and it's fantastic well. and Catherine Clinch extraordinary young but talent it, I'll always point out Andrew Bennett like he's able to play that like that same thing of like repressed yeah. emotions and all the rest of it but in a very masculine kind of way like that he won't like when he leaves the little Jaffa or not Jaffa cake the little um, the yeah. Mercado or whatever it is and the, like it's little small little moments like that that Colin Braid actually captured so well I think and it looks gorgeous like it's all yeah. lovely yeah. and sunny and just yeah right. yeah, yeah. okay Gronje you hate the Fablemans. Yes, I do. And this needs to be said. I'm sorry. This is just a snooze fest. It's, it's, it it is, they're saying it's Spielberg's masterpiece no, is no, getting five not. stars no, it's not. everywhere. No, it's not. This is pretending to be what portrait of a filmmaker as a young man. And uh, quite honestly, he said he's waited all his life. I wish he'd waited a little bit longer. <gasps> I would suggest that films like Armacord, uh, American Graffiti, Fanny and Alexander, The Squid and the Whale. These are all films made by filmmakers going back to look at where they came from. Go to those. Please don't go to this. And also, if I was his mother, I would be upset about the way this half-baked kind of character with Michelle Williams completely OTT and it's saved by one tiny cameo at the very end but it takes two and a half hours to get there that would be me come on Brian Take me up. Um, I disagree with that and every single thing you said. I'm sorry, and God, I love you, but you're 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 so wrong in so many ways. I think Michelle Williams gave a great performance. Yes, it is a little bit over the top. Absolutely is. I think that's kind of meant to kind of display the sort of almost manic artistic kind of side of you know the family that he grew up in. I thought Paul Dan. How can you not think Paul Dan was brilliant in that? Was- the way that he played it, like the the all the all the hurt and the anguish in it. I thought he was brilliant. Yes. You're 
You're right, that cameo, fantastic, brilliant. What about Judd Hirsch, though? That entire oh, no, scene with Judd no, Hirsch. When I saw Judd Hirsch was in it, I was like, A, Judd Hirsch is alive, and B, I'm going just to see Judd Hirsch. Yeah, he has one scene in it, and he got nominated. Oh, is that all, yeah? Yeah, one scene, and he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he was brilliant. Come on, he was brilliant. Okay, listen, I'll have to put on some classical music to bring down the blood pressure. People are not tuning in to hear two people argue about a film they haven't seen. So look, it's either rubbish or it's amazing, You can, and it's in cinemas now. Brian, something people can't check out for themselves very easily is You People yeah. on Netflix which it is what it is like yeah, yeah. great cast yeah yeah brilliant cast Eddie Murphy Julie Louis-Dreyfus uh, David Duchovny in a rare comedic role he's a very very good comedic D- actor D- Duchovny is the man like, he's, yeah, like, he's yeah. a very very good comedic actor in this and Jonah Hill is in there as well and Laura London and Niall yeah Great cast, brilliant cast. Film, not so much. Um, I think it's more you're enjoying being around these actors and characters ah, than yeah. necessarily. Sorry, because yeah. there's, there's a good few laughs in it. There are some laughs, but I mean, it's essentially like, you know, guess who's coming to dinner made in the modern age with, you know, a Jewish family and a, and a black uh, American family and them kind of, you know, the culture clash and all the rest of it. And there are some moments in it that are very, very funny. Like there's one scene in it when... Um, Eddie Murphy's character talks about Louis Farrakhan the leader of the Nation of Islam and he talks about how he's a great man and he got this kufi off him and all the rest of it and then you just see Julie Louis-Dreyfus face kind of turn a little bit and it's like Wait, Louis Farrakhan, the massive anti-Semite. You're you're a friend of his and all this, and so there's moments like that. But yeah, it, it's very very predictable. It is quite rote. But again, you're kind of not necessarily watching it for the story. You're watching it for yeah. Julie Louis Dreyfus and Eddie Murphy bouncing off each other. And you see, I think we make exceptions for Netflix like that. Yeah. We recognise if somebody had actually put a bit more work into this, it, it probably could have been, been a way better film. But look, they did it. They made it. They put it on Netflix. To see it's we'll there, watch yeah. it at home. It's sure, fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You're yeah, not pay, yeah. like you're not paying like ten. 15 quid for this like yeah. you're just paying whatever it is a month for it like yeah 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 like it's like don't look up could have been an amazing film it's just don't quite a good film so I think yeah. God. yeah but it could have been a good could've film could have been brilliant yeah, could have been ne- brilliant Netflix obviously good yeah, yeah, this Luke is fine just yeah. put it out yeah <laughs> okay um, now you've both seen also on Netflix Pamela A Love Story Grania what did you make of it this I is the Pamela like Anderson uh, doc I mean I have to say I, I was kind of surprised I wasn't a huge Baywatch fan and, and I didn't read or haven't read what's called Playboy in any great depth so I didn't really know very much about her I just knew about the myth and the icon and, and the way in which I suppose that kind of you know kind of mantle I suppose from Marilyn Monroe seemed to be passed on and she's lovely and obviously had a horrific childhood very very tough um, a dad who seemed to be a bad boy that seemed to be then you know something that she returned to repeatedly throughout her life um, a Cinderella like story I mean a jumbotron camera captured her at a, at a football match and suddenly she became a, a kind of local hero and then suddenly a, bra- a brand beer brand picked her up suddenly she's in LA then she's in the Playboy Mansion and she's getting photographed and then you know it seems like two minutes later she's uh, on Baywatch and it, it just feels like this wonderful as is it Cinderella story and then the sex uh, video comes in and then suddenly her career is over and and it really really yeah was it that dramatic it yeah. dramatically just everything just stops doesn't it it's it really, really does, it's really yeah. shocking to see now it would enhance somebody's career now they'd actually have a certain kind of you know notoriety or global awareness but in that case 
gone yeah. effectively for for years. Oh yeah, years, but, but months, you would never have thought of her as a victim either, Brian. She, oh no, she yeah. absolutely. So she's was. owning. She's owning. Oh was, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, she's very upfront about the fact that you know, th- first of all, the sex tape was not intended for public display at all. It was a private video on her honeymoon with her husband at the time, so it was very much intended to be a private thing, not for public consumption. And yeah, I mean, you know, yes, barbed wire was a terrible film, a completely terrible, 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 terrible film, terrible. but it had a kind of cheesy campiness to it mm. and I'm sure if this sex tape hadn't happened she probably would have gone on to do maybe not serious films but she certainly would have continued on in her career but her career had literally stopped wow, dead okay. with, with that tape and like what's interesting as well and it's kind of been a recurring thing with a lot of these sort of documentaries is that it doesn't need to kind of embellish anything. It literally just shows archival footage of the time. So you see like Jay Leno making these horribly sexist jokes right in front of her and she just has to sit there and take it. And then she talks about it afterwards. She was like, I felt absolutely horrible. I had just had a miscarriage. I was so alone. I was so terrified. But like here she is on camera like smiling and trying trying to take it. In on the joke. And you kind of, yeah, yeah, see that the resilience it took. And I mean, you know, like there's that famous saying that, you know, you get the face you deserve at 50 and here she is at 55 and she looks great and she Okay. seems like a very very happy person okay, even though she's on. gone through and Pamela uh, Love Story yeah. at Netflix that's going up on Tuesday yeah. Grania briefly that 90s show also on Netflix which is uh, this is a reboot of that 70s show I assume, which is something that mm. never to be quite honest me. I mean yeah. it's effectively going back to the kind of laughter track underneath a, a group of characters we know I mean in a way it doesn't really push out beyond a, a, nearly a, a complete reboot of, mm. of, of the, that 70s show so in that sense you're kind of feeling like yeah it's nice to go back it makes you feel warm and loved but nothing really different couple of cameos here kind of this is cla- piece. this is more of Netflix it's <laughs> grand it, it is it's very comfortable we watch it and go it's grand it's okay. Very okay. It's very yeah. okay yeah so look it might be a handy thing for people who want 20 minute bites sometimes to yeah okay that's about it Brian uh, more more serious weighty art literally The Whale is in cinemas yes. from next Friday and Brendan Fraser has been getting huge acclaim for he's, he's playing a Six hundred pound man. Yes, and it was uh, based on a play of the same name as well, written by Samuel Hunter. This is Darren Aronofsky, and if you've ever seen any of Darren Aronofsky's work, he's known for making films with extremes in it. You know, you look at something like Requiem for a Dream; it's like you know the complete story of drug abuse. You look at something like The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, and it's all about how people put their bodies on the line for their art, even if it is just wrestling. The Whale has gotten a lot of uh, backlash over Mm. its kind of depiction of uh, obesity and its depiction of uh, fat phobia and all the rest of it. And I saw it earlier this week and I have to agree with a lot of it. Now, I will say... Brendan Fraser. So what we're not we're not feeling enough empathy with the character. It, it, the it, film it? invites you to be disgusted in it. Okay, Do you know that yeah. kind of way? Like when you see Brendan Fraser's character eating, like it turns up the, the 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 sort of the wet sound of him eating, like, and the music as well turns into this big sort of horror thing. And you see him gorging himself, and it's like the film wants you to be disgusted in him. But then at the same time, when Brendan Fra- and this is why Brendan Fraser is getting all these awards, even though the film is getting a huge amount of backlash, okay. is that Brendan Fraser plays it with such empathy he's so open-hearted he is this tender beautiful sad uh, individual but then at the same time the film wants you to be disgusted by him Darren Aronofsky's direction wants you to be disgusted so it's very much a beautiful performance a brilliant performance by all concerned not just Brendan Fraser Samantha Morton brilliant in it Hong Chow brilliant in it Sadie Sink fantastic but the way that Aronofsky directs it makes you want to be disgusted by it and I think that's where the clash comes 
Okay. Um, Grania, all the beauty and the bloodshed, which is at the IFI in the lighthouse now, this is being, people raving this about is, this. This is Nan Golden versus the Sacklers. This is Nan Golden versus the Sacklers. This is the one that won Venice, that took on Tar, that took on Banshees and won. It's an incredible, this is film of the week, film of the month. This is an incredible documentary. Nan Golden, groundbreaking photographer, um, uh, a, a, a part of the New York art scene um, and at the same time had, again, not, not dissimilar to Pamela Anderson, had a very difficult childhood um, and kind of was running and fleeing from that. Um, and then, as I said, gets addicted to oxycodone and then uh, as part of that process, I suppose, formed an organisation called PAIN, which is Prescription Addiction Intervention Now. Yeah. Um, and this is, a, as I said, a beautiful portrait of an artist and an activist. Incredible and brilliant filmmaking from uh, Laura Potras, who did Citizen Four. Really, yeah. yeah. Even though it's a documentary, it is completely film of the, film of the month, possible yeah. film of the year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. that's wow. the one to see. Okay, um, Brian, b- briefly, and I know you can't talk too much about it, but yeah. th- this is kind of an anticipated release next uh, Friday. Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, Knock at the Cabin. This is M. Night Shyamalan's latest film. It's based on the book by Paul Tremblay, The Cabin at the End of the World. Uh, a gay couple with an adopted daughter arrive in the small cabin. People arrive and they tell them that they have to sacrifice one of them in order to stop the apocalypse. So very, very cheery kind of stuff altogether, really. Yeah, OK, sounds great. And, and uh, <laughs> Grania, we don't have time, but you're recommending Arabesque at uh, 20 to 3 on RT1 today with Gregory Peck because and Sophia Loren. Because that's what Netflix is trying to do, create beautiful people, beautiful places. Gregory okay. Peck, Sophia Loren. Grania Humphreys, Brian Lloyd, thank you very much. That's all we've time for today. Just a reminder, you can listen back to all items from today's show on our podcast at rt.ie forward slash Brendan. Today's show was Produced by Owen McLaughlin, researched by Katrina McFadden and Michelle Brown. Tyrone O'Sullivan was the broadcast coordinator. Kieran Dunn was on sound. Stay tuned for this week with Carl and Justin after the break. This is a remix of the Supremes. Um, these boots are made for walking, but this is brilliant.